0: Welcome to the Pro Church Marketing Podcast. Are you a church leader or nonprofit director that wants to reach more people online? If so, you're going to want to listen to what John O'Long has to say about the latest trends in online marketing for churches and faith-based nonprofits. Here's your host, John O'Long. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate everyone being here. I'll just introduce myself real quick if we haven't met. My name is Jono, and I was a youth pastor for about 21 years. Started straight out of high school, 1998. Went to Luther Rice Bible College here in Georgia. I was a good Baptist and went out to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Graduated in... 06 with the masters of divinity spent the next up until 2020 spent all my time in youth ministry and now i'm full-time doing this the reason i'm not in student ministry anymore uh, is because i chose to step out felt the lord leading me uh into doing what we're doing now i started a side business managing social media back in 2012 when we adopted uh our son from ukraine we already had four biological kids my wife was homeschooling them we added a fifth, which I'm not sure I recommend disrupting the birth order like we did, but that's another webinar uh, that I'm probably not qualified to speak on, and uh, we began managing social media for some of my friends who own businesses just to make a little extra cash and you know buy food. That grew into learning how to build websites because some of those friends needed websites, and that grew into search engine optimization, actually making those websites show up because what good is a website if no one can find it? There's billions of websites on the internet billions of people every day searching for those websites. So you, you're you not just going to automatically be the first one because you think you should be. Then that grew into running some Google ads and stuff like that. By about 2018, that was my primary source of income. 2019 went part-time at the church raised up an intern and he in 2020 took over for me and we still attend there. And I'm just a volunteer now in the youth ministry where I used to be the youth pastor. So that's a pretty cool thing because there's been a lot of times where, you know, when you resign as a youth pastor, there's no way you could have stayed at the church. So it's pretty cool how all that worked out. COVID kind of helped because I announced that I'd be stepping down on March the 11th, 2020 and said we had two more weeks together, and then we did it. That was the Wednesday night that March Madness was canceled, if you remember. That's when stuff started getting real. So by the time youth group started meeting back sometime in the summer, Most of them had forgotten I was ever the youth pastor anyway. They're like, who's that guy with the beard? So it allowed for us to stay there. My wife still leads a small group. My kids are in the youth ministry. So life is good. Things are good. So now I work full-time helping churches. We do four things. And and this is not a sales presentation. I'm just going to tell you what we do and why I'm the guy that can kind of talk about this. Certainly not the best. But we build websites for churches and faith-based nonprofits. Then we help make sure that they show up through search engine optimization, which I'm going to refer to as SEO for the rest of this talk. We also help churches get the Google grant because Google will give 501c3 nonprofit organizations, including churches, a $10,000 a month grant To spin on Google advertising. Then we manage social media for a lot of churches. Some of that is just the day-to-day posting. We also have this plan your visit campaign that uh, starts with a Facebook ad and has some automated follow-up through text messages, just reminding them to show up to church on Sunday morning. What we're here to talk about today uh, is not a sales presentation. In fact, everything I'm going to give you, you can do on your own, or you can assign someone. If you're the lead pastor, you can tell someone else to do it because you're probably too busy to do this, but we're going to talk about how to show up in the Google Maps. Now, there's lots of things that we want to do in online marketing. I'll use the term marketing, even though that feels a little bit weird using it in the church and faith-based nonprofit context. But when it comes to online, when it comes to getting the message out, that really is what we're doing. We're getting the word out about your church, about your organization. So where we're going to start and and what today is going to be about is all about SEO. Now, you can get into things like pay-per-click, which that's Google Ads, like we talked about. Then there's the retargeting efforts where just like if you've gone and looked up green shirts on Amazon, and all of a sudden when you go on Facebook, you're getting ads for green shirts That's called retargeting. They're not reading your mind. They're just guessing, and uh, they're just tracking you and and following you. Then there's some online directories. Some of these are relevant. Some of these are not. Things like Yelp, you want to make sure that you're listed on. We'll explain that later. Then there's social media advertising, and then there's referrals. Obviously, you know, in in church world, referrals are just personal invites. Today, we're just going to deal with search engine optimization. When it comes to a local church or a local faith-based organization, The more traffic that we can get to your website, the more people that see your profile on Google, the more calls you're going to get, the more visits you're going to get, the more forms are going to get filled out, the more interest is going to be shown, the more signups there's going to be for VBS, and ultimately you reach more people. So this is going to take time. It's going to take some consistency, but not a ton of time, 30 uh, minutes a week. So here's the question that... We're going to answer, do Google Maps matter? Google Maps, they really don't sound that important. I mean, when you you hear me talking about Google Maps, you're thinking just like looking up directions. And uh, that is not what we're talking about. We're going to change some of these numbers on the fly because I updated some of these numbers yesterday. These are the maps. These are the maps listings. And when you search for something like best plumber near me, or best roofer near me or best mexican food near me when you're looking for something like that you're going to go to Google and you're going to search that phrase best plumber near me and the results you're going to get whether it's on your phone or your your desktop or your laptop or your iPad whatever it is these top 3 are what we call the map pack that's what we're going to refer to now we're going to scratch out that number. That should be 70 to 90%. That tells you just when we did this workshop last year, that it has grown between 70 to 90% of clicks and attention goes there. All right. That is huge. You know that to be true because when you're looking for something, that's where you look. That's where your attention goes to. That's most people. So Google gives us a tool and lets us know how many people search certain phrases. What I wanted to show you is the phrase church near me. In Georgia, looking at the year 2022, on average, every month in Georgia, church near me was searched around 33,000 times. That means somebody went on their mobile device or went on their laptop and searched church near me nearly 33,000 times. In Florida, it's about 67,000 times. And so I didn't go through every state. I mainly just looked at Georgia uh, and Florida. I'm just, we're going to look at Massachusetts since Bob's in here. I'm curious to see how many searches happen in Massachusetts. So it's a little bit lower in Massachusetts. It's around 9,700 in Massachusetts. So obviously down here in the Bible Belt, there's probably a little bit more and that influences that. But close to 10,000 people a month are searching the phrase church near me. So the reason that this is important, the reason that Google Maps matters, the reason that we even wanna talk about this is that this is where people are looking. So people are searching. And when they search church near me, they're getting a set of three results. Now, most people, when you are deciding on which one of these I'm going to go with, I'm going to look at reviews. And and we don't like to think that people do this with churches as much, but psychologically, the same way if you're looking for the best steakhouse, you're going to look for one that's got a lot of good reviews. You want someone that's got more than three reviews because that was probably the owner and his wife and his son. We're just programmed that way. So depending on our criteria, what denomination we're looking for, uh, the bottom line is that your church needs to show up here because this is where the attention is going. If we know people are looking online for church, they're looking for a church to attend that's near them. Google tells us clearly that people are doing that. We know that close to 90% of people are going to choose one of the three that show up then it only makes sense that we've got to consider this. This is a goldmine for reaching new people. We can't just ignore this. So yes, maps matter, uh, 100%. Maps do matter. It was about three years ago, and I was still on staff at a church. This was about 2018 or 2019. I was helping another church with their website. The pastor came to me, and he showed me a picture of the three, the map pack, right? Or some people call it the local pack. But he said, how do we show up here? Because he was searching himself. He was searching church near me. He was even searching the name of his church and it wasn't showing up. In fact, all these weird churches that he had never heard of were the ones showing up. Same thing happens at my house. If I search right here, standing here right now, the three churches that come up near me, two of them, I've lived here all of my life except moved away uh, for a few years during seminary. But there are two churches that show up that I don't even know where they are. I couldn't find them. I've never heard of them. I think they're house churches that somehow got picked up by Google. And the third one is the Methodist church that's a few miles away that has been around for you know 150 years. But I know that there are churches locally that I know want to show up on maps and that are fairly close to my house and they're not showing up. They're consistently not showing up in the maps. The question becomes, what is going into these maps? There's a few changes that Google has made. Google is serving some paid ads in those map results now. So if you're running Google ads, that can help you show up in the maps. Google local services, that doesn't really affect you. Here's something else you need to notice. Let let me throw this in as a caveat. Make sure that you're paying attention uh, to your Google business profile. Let's just back up here. All of this is managed in what's called your Google Business Profile. Up until December, it was called Google My Business. So Google changed things because for years and years and years, we all called it Google My Business. Anyone can go in and suggest an edit, okay? You've got to monitor this closely. You can go to someone's Maps location and you can search someone's Map Entry, their map listing, and you can go in there and suggest an edit. Depending on how many reviews you've left, Google has this system, this hierarchy of authority as far as leaving reviews. I've left enough reviews where I'm a level six, trying to get to a level seven. Kind of sounds like Illuminati or something, but I'm a level six, and you got to leave a lot of reviews to get a level six and a lot of pictures and stuff. But at level six, Google really trusts you. So I can go into um, a business and suggest an edit. I could change their name. And Google will pretty quickly take my word for it and go ahead and change their name because they trust me. When you get to level seven, if you go suggest an edit, it changes it immediately. So, you know, if you can go in and mark a business closed permanently, you can go in and mark a church closed permanently and and Google's going to think that, you're closed on Sundays now. So someone needs to have access to this. So when we start working with churches, a lot of times the hardest thing to do is get access to this Google business profile because it was created by some staff member years ago. We don't know where it is or you've just never claimed it in the first place. If your Google business profile, if that's when I say that, you have no clue what I'm talking about then you need to go to business.google.com. That's the web address, business.google.com. And you need to log in with your Google account. Usually that's a Gmail address. And you should see your church. If you've claimed the listing, you should see your church there. That's where you go to respond to reviews. That's where you go uh, to update information. That's where you go to do posts. That's where you go to add pictures all the things that we're going to talk about here in a minute, that's all managed at business.google.com. You can also make those same changes in the Google Maps app on your mobile device. So you can open up the Google Maps app and make sure you're logged in to the user. If you're like me, you've got multiple Google accounts. So I've got to make sure that I'm logged into the one that's attached to my church's business profile, logged in there. Now I can just look at my church, Journey Church, the church we attend, and I can go in there and edit directly and add pictures and posts and do everything directly inside of the Google Maps app. Now, that just changed. There used to be a whole separate app for it. So someone needs to keep an eye on this. Probably not you as the lead pastor, but someone on your staff really should be paying attention to this because that's the first step. You've got to claim that. So if you would say, we've never claimed that, then what you need to do if you don't own it, don't have access, you go to business.google.com, you can't figure out who owns it, you don't have any control, then go to google.com, Google your church, go over to your maps listing, and you'll see in blueprint, it says, own this, do you own this business? You're going to click yes, and you're going to fill in some information. They're going to send a postcard to the church with a five-digit code and then you're gonna go back to Google Maps or business.google.com, verify the location by entering that code, now, you're going to be the one that respond to reviews. You can add other users. So, you can add other staff members on your and they can go in and they can help you administrate that and, and handle all of that. Google communicates by emails. If you get calls from Google, you'll get these calls like, Hey, your Google listing is about to expire. You need to know that's a lie. Google business listings, they're free, they don't expire. Google doesn't charge you, and Google doesn't really call you about them. Google does, never calls. If someone calls and says, Hey, I'm from Google, I'm here to help you with your Google business listing. That's exactly how you know they're not from Google. So ignore those calls, but don't ignore emails that actually come from at google.com unless they're asking for money or something, you know, then you need to verify those. Google communicates by email. They're not going to send you a personal email unless you started a, a support ticket with them, but you will get emails from time to time saying, Hey, Are you closed on Good Friday? Is your office closed on Good Friday? Is your office closed on Thanksgiving? Are are these hours up to date? So that just needs to be maintained. Now, let's talk about the top local pack finder factors. What I mean by this is these are the things that are important. These are the things that go into showing up. These things can change, but the question becomes, and like the pastor asked me, how do we show up there? And it was funny because when the pastor asked me that, I'm on church staff at that time, and this was about 2018, 2019. I had been doing this stuff for about six years, and I must confess that until he asked me about that, it never dawned on me, hey, maybe I should be doing this for my own church. I was doing it for business. I was doing it for plumbers and antique shops and funeral homes. It never occurred to me to help make sure that my own church was showing up in the map pack. Part of that, I guess, is because again, I just always felt uneasy about trying to market the church, but you know, there's no difference in marketing the church. And I mean, handing out flyers for events, putting up a VBS banner, that's marketing. And maybe you don't have the hang up like I do, or like I did, I'm over it now, but marketing is not a dirty word. So I began to work on our own church's profile, making sure that we show up, but it was almost embarrassing that it never had occurred to me that I should be doing this For my own church and so i can't help but think that there's a lot of you guys are watching because you're obviously interested in this but i'm sure there are a lot of church leaders out there and this has just never occurred to them that it's important to show up in maps and I don't think this pastor that had asked me about it had done the research to know that 30,000 people a month in Georgia were searching church near me. Now, obviously, all of those were not in driving distance of his church or mine, but a good chunk are. And we don't want to miss out on those. I don't think he had done that research. I think he just was like, hey, I want to show up in maps. I want people to know. Be, I want it to be easy to find us. And if someone's looking for a church, I want to be the in the top of the list. And so I'm assuming that's you, too, because your church is a good, solid church. And there are a lot of not so solid churches around. And so if people are looking for a good solid church to go hear the word being taught and go fellowship and and worship together, then we want to make sure, and that's part of our mission at FaithWorks, is to make sure that those are the churches that, that are showing up on Google. So lots of things go into this. Lots of things are a factor in showing up. It's not just any one thing. So, some really nerdy SEO guys got together and were surveyed and kind of compiled the results and took everybody's answers and, and kind of weighted their answers. And uh, a great organization named White Spark, their SEO geniuses, they published this. So, we're sharing White Spark's work here. I did not do this study myself. The top 15 things that help you show up in the top three. These are the things that are the most important. The first one being your primary Google business profile category. Now that's pretty easy for churches, but if you're a faith-based nonprofit, then that could get a little bit trickier. You've got to make sure that you make your primary category. It needs to be church. It needs to be the big one. So if you're a faith-based organization or a nonprofit that works in education, then education should possibly Uh, be the primary category there. So, back to these top ranking factors, this is how you show up in the map pack. Keywords in your Google business profile title. That's pretty easy. As long as the word church is in your name, then you've got that one taken care of. Now, the third one, this is interesting. Proximity of address to the point of search. So your church has a physical address, and now this can get even dicier. Some of the churches we work with, they have their office one place, and it's verified. That's where Google has them listed on the map, but they actually meet in a school seven, eight miles away. So the results are based off of their verified location of their office. Now, if your offices and your church is all the same deal, and it's verified at that one location, uh, then that's great. But regardless, the proximity of the address to the point of the person searching, meaning if the person is 30 miles away from you in another county and searches church near me, then you're not showing up. Sometimes, in fact, you rarely will show up outside of your own zip code. If there are so few churches, if you are a really niche Really unique nonprofit with a really unique mission, then there may not be enough in that zip code to where Google does have to pull, you know. But you know, in the secular world, if you're a roofer, you know, there's roofer, so many roofers, you know, you're not showing up outside of your zip code because there's a billion of them. All right. Churches, you kind of the same way. There's a lot of churches. Now, there's also a lot of churches who are doing nothing to try to show up on Google, and Google knows that. And Google wants you to care about Google and Google can tell if you care about Google. And so if they see that you are doing some things and showing them some love and you're expressing your love for Google, then they are going to reward that. And let me just make one more comment actually on the proximity of the address. That also means that if you Google church near me, sitting in the church parking lot, assuming that the church address is verified, if that's the case, and I mean, let me speak to that because that may be some of the boat that you're in is your your church office is the verified location because you meet in a school and you can't exactly verify the school as your church. There's not much you can do with that because proximity is a big deal. However, it's not the only deal. So you can make sure uh, to do all the other things. And we're going to tell you about those in just a second. You make sure you do some of the other things and and that's going to help expand your footprint In Google. And so if you hopped in your car and searched church near me in your church parking lot, you should be in that top three, along with a few others. And then you drive a mile down the road and pull over because you're not going to Google and drive and search church near me again, you should get a totally separate set of results. Hopefully, you're in that. In fact, I would encourage you, you probably should try that tonight on your way home from the church office, if that's where you are right now. Pull over. Uh, every mile or two, depending on how far your ride is home. I mean, if it's a 40-mile drive, you don't need to pull over 20 times. But just a, a few times on your way home, pull over, Google, churches near me, and you'll see that you get a different set of results. So a lot of times people are like, hey, I want to show up number one. Well, okay, number one where? Because number one right here is completely different than number one half a mile. Away. What we've got to do is play Google's game and show them so much love that they make us number one, two, or three. And, and that expands as time goes on. So this is a slow-moving ship. And you've got to be consistent at this. But if you'll carve out 30 minutes a week even, or have someone on your staff carve out 30 minutes a week to do a few things, uh, that I'm going to tell you in just a second, again, we're giving it to you free. This is actually good stuff. And I promise if you'll do some of this, it will work for you. And you never need to pay a guy like me to do it for you, unless you just don't have the time or, or want to do it. Uh, but you could totally do this yourself because it's not—it's not difficult. It's just hard work because it takes time. Proximity to your physical location is a big deal. All right, I think I've made that clear. Physical address in the city of search. So if I, I'm in a city called Loganville, Georgia, so for the most part, if I search church near me, my results are going to be churches in Loganville, Georgia that are closer to me. Additional Google My Business categories. What happens is a lot of times when people set up their profile, they do the church category. But you'll notice there's a lot of categories, subcategories you can put in there. But you're kind of in a hurry. You don't really understand this. You're just trying to get this set up. And so you breeze past that and never go back and add those additional categories. So one of the first things that we do, and one of the first things I would recommend you do is go back to your categories and add anything that possibly fits. Now it's a little trickier for a church, but if you've got a priest at your church, then add that. If you've got a student ministry, then go add, you know, teenage programs, you know, and you can even do custom ones and just type out, describe it however you want. Children's programs, children's ministry, children's activities. If you've got stuff, you know, come up with everything that you offer. If you've got, you know, addiction recovery programs at your church, make a subcategory addiction recovery. So you're just telling Google, we offer addiction recovery help here at Journey Church. So that when people Google addiction recovery near me, Google knows, oh, Journey Church told us they have an addiction recovery program and they call it Celebrate Recovery. Let's show them in the results. We're just sending signals to Google where we are, who we are and and what we do. So those additional Google categories are a big deal. So I would encourage you to go check out your profile and add some categories. Now, the next one, quality authority of inbound links to your domain. Search engine optimization, a lot of this rises and falls on authority. Google wants you to have authority. And the way that you gain authority in Google's eyes is that if you've got a good solid web, then that probably that should mean that other websites link to you. So what you want is other authoritative websites to link to your website. In my case, every time we build a website, what do I do? I put a little link down there built by FaithWorks Marketing. To my site. And so those are links, and those tell Google that I've got some authority. One of the biggest things I did was join the Chamber of Commerce. And our Chamber of Commerce lets us set up a profile on their website. And Google loves local websites like local newspapers and local chambers of commerce. And those are high authority websites. And so now I've got a link to Faithworks Marketing on the Chamber of Commerce website. And that moved the needle. Okay. So you want to get links to your website. If you support a non then ask them to put a link on your website. That's just going to help get your message out and help more people find you. It's not shady, all right? is totally a white glove, white hat uh, practices. Join the Chamber of Commerce. Get that link. If the newspaper does an article about something going on at your church, make sure that they put it on their, they're probably going to put it on their website version of their paper, but ask them specifically to link to your church website from that news article. Then there's other ways to go about that. There are directories. Make sure that you've got a free profile on Better Business Bureau. Make sure that you've got your profile set up properly on Yelp. Now Yelp's going to call you and ask you to spend thousands of dollars a month advertising. Just ignore those calls. But go get your free profile anywhere you can set up a free profile. Better Business Bureau, yellowpages.com, white pages, you know, all, all those places. Go get those free Links because that's going to give some authority, and Google pays attention to that. All right. Keywords in native Google reviews. Google reviews are vastly important in you ranking. Okay. Probably should be moved up on this list by now, uh, honestly. Uh, But what I would say to you is in your church, and again, it feels weird, but what I would do, what we do at our church is it's just in one of the announcement slides like, hey, if you enjoyed your trip, if you enjoyed your visit today, tell somebody about it on Google then we've got a QR code that takes them to our Google business profile. And we ask our members to leave a review, not because we just wanna look awesome, but because we know that Google will show us more on on the maps if we get Google reviews. So ask your members for reviews. Now don't just do it one time this Sunday and get a hundred reviews and never do it again. That's gonna raise some flags. What you need to do is just get in a nice little rhythm to where you can get a couple reviews a week. That would be amazing. And in those reviews, ask them to mention what they love about the church. Somehow communicate. If you love the student ministry, talk about, you know, my teenager loves coming to youth group on Wednesday nights. They get encouragement, they play games, whatever it is, there's free pieces, you know, describe what's going on in the review. If it's the children's ministry that they love, if it's the preaching, Get them to say the word, we love our church. We want church to show up in those Google reviews, okay? We want them to leave you five-star reviews. You really don't want below a 4.7. And so everybody's going to get a couple bad reviews. That happens. But I don't eat at a restaurant that's got a 4.6 personally, just because I know how these reviews work. And uh, I'm not saying I wouldn't go to a church that has a 4.5 rating, but it's just better for all of us if you keep it above a 4.7. One of the things I want to mention here, complete of your Google business listing, that's a big deal. You get 750 words to describe your church. I see time after time after time, the churches just copy and paste their mission statement in there, which is you know maybe 250 words. Go fill it out. Go use all 750 words, okay? Talk about your student ministry. Talk about your children's ministry. Talk about Sunday mornings. Talk about everything that's important to you, but fill out all 750 words because remember, we're just trying to remind Google that we love them. Okay, maybe we don't, but we're just trying to let them know that we understand their importance and they run the world and it's just, it's their world. And we're just living in it. They make up their own rules and we have to play by their rules. And so if we want to show up, we've got to do some of this stuff, okay? So make sure uh, that you're doing that. I want to answer a question. Bob had a good question. He said, our church recently changed locations. So I updated the location this morning. And the new location shows up as corrected. However, the Google Maps physical address on the drop down menu has the old location. I hope that makes sense. So the pin is in the correct spot, which is important. Let me just say that I've been reading several articles recently about how the pin being in the wrong spot can really hurt you more than it used to. So that's good. You've got the pin in the right spot. The business profile lists the correct address, but the drop down menu on the map listing is the former address. Do I need to just wait a few days for this to be updated? So that would be, yes. Google is a slow moving ship. They are a business that did not figure out during COVID how to telework. Remarkably, they were a business that just couldn't do that. So they're still running on a skeleton crew in a lot of ways. So what I would say is, yeah, give it three days. If you're still seeing that on Friday, shoot me an email at Jono at faithworksmarketing.com and, and I'll help you look into that for free, you know, no charge because that would help me learn more about what's going on with that. So if you don't get any a resolution in the next few days, in fact, actually either way, email me and let me know like hey, it took a couple of days but now it's fixed. I'm not 100% sure when you're talking about the drop down. I guess you're talking about when you're actually on maps.google.com when you're in the maps app and you start searching and there's a drop down. Maybe the pre-populated address. Is that the one that's still kind of, that's still wrong? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can totally see that taking a couple of days to propagate. So as long as it's shown, when you log into business.google.com, the pin's in the right place and you've put the right address, then yeah, you're in good shape. It's just gonna, the dust has just got to settle. Uh, Now, here's something to think about though. One of the things that's gonna raise red flags for Google is if you don't go change that other places on the internet. Google wants your name, address and phone number exactly the same across the Internet. And so you've probably already done this, but go change it on Facebook. If it's on Twitter, change it on Twitter, change it on Instagram. If you're listed on any directory, you know, a denominational website, you've got an entry on your denominational website or your members of any church planning networks or Southern Baptist Convention or anything like that, Chamber of Commerce, You need to go change those there too, because when Google starts seeing mismatched, what we've seen a lot is if you change it on Google and all those others, you know, let's say you're listed 10, 12 times other places on the internet, every once in a while, we'll see Google go revert your Google profile back to the ones that are listed elsewhere on the internet. I worked with a roofer one time who his phone number kept changing, and we would go in and make it the right number, and then it would change back. And we finally figured out that Better Business Bureau had the wrong phone number, and Google was taking Better Business Bureau's word for it more than they would listen to us, even though we're typing it in, okay? So that's what I mean. You've got to keep an eye on it uh, and just make sure that it's consistent across the internet. So make sure you change that in, in other places. Okay, you guys are probably not spamming lies. Top 10 things that could really hurt you. Incorrect business category. You guys are not going to struggle with that that much. A listing detected at a false business address. You guys are probably not lying about your business. But I, I would say that if Google got confused as to if you had a listing at the school you meet at and you have a listing at your offices, and Google gets, starts getting confused, that could start to hurt you, okay? So you only want one in one place. Definitely don't use a P.O. box or UPS mailbox, et cetera. You know, a lot of people used to do that. Make sure your website doesn't have any malware on it. Try not to get any negative reviews. If you do get a negative review, make sure that you respond to it. It can't hurt you to only have a couple of reviews. That's why I say it's important to get some reviews, get multiple reviews. And one thing that could hurt churches, and honestly, I don't have a good way for you to handle this, but Let's say that you're letting another smaller congregation. You know, our church hosted a Hispanic congregation for a couple of years. Okay, now, if they went and got verified at your location and now you've got two churches at the same address, it's going to hurt you both. So it's one of those things where you know, they may or may not do it, but I would just be careful with that because it would end up shooting you both in the foot if you let a congregation that's using your facility verify themselves, okay? Now, let's talk about real quick, let's talk about conversion factors, and I'm not talking about a faith conversion, okay? Pastor joke there. What we're talking about is the conversion from I see the three listings in the maps and deciding on which one I'm going to click on and convert to now I'm a much warmer prospect or a lead or, or I'm, I'm much more connected now. The, so I'm converting from just a viewer to somebody who is now assessing whether or not I'm going to visit your church, whether I'm not I'm going to donate to your nonprofit, whether or not I'm going to volunteer with your nonprofit. okay? So here's some of the things that assist not in showing but getting them to convert and, and engage with your organization. Having high numerical Google ratings, so having more than five, okay? So having a lot of Google reviews helps. Having a lot of positive reviews in the text. Having, you know, well-written, not just somebody gave you five stars and then skipped out. But people actually uh, writing reviews in the text of the review and, and giving some detail, maybe even adding a picture. That helps okay. I'm sorry. So this top one should be the four to five stars. Okay. I misspoke there. This third one is how having a lot of reviews. Okay. So you want to have a high amount of reviews. Okay. And then we get in here into the proximity of the address because, of course, they care how far they're going to have to drive. Some people believe some of these guys say that having the messaging feature enabled matters. I don't know that that is a big deal, but I would say these top, these top four, which really come down to reviews. Three of the four come down to reviews. So as far as making your profile show up in searches and then actually having people respond to that, reviews are paramount and they get more and more important by the day. It's no different than if you're looking for a restaurant. All right. So we want to make sure that we optimize the heck out of your Google business listing. So if you haven't claimed it, this is kind of a recap. If you haven't claimed it, go ahead and claim it. If you go to your profile, you'll sometimes you'll get this prompt. It'll say, "Do you know this place?" So you could go ahead and answer those questions. Now, sometimes people are going to ask questions. Do you offer childcare? Do you have an interpreter for the hearing impaired, okay? Some people will ask those questions. If you get an email from Google saying, "Hey, so this, you know, Bob asked if you have a, a interpreter for the hearing impaired, you need to go answer that question that people ask. You can also go check some boxes, you know, like we have wheelchair accessible ramp, we have wheelchair accessible bathrooms, all of those things. Make sure that Google knows all of those descriptions, uh, all of those, they have a unique term for it that. that just slipped my mind, but make sure that they know everything that you have to offer. But the other thing that you can do is you can actually go in and you'll see ask a question. So if there's some questions you want to go ahead and already answer, that's not a bad idea. If you have if you have an interpreter for the hearing impaired, go ahead and ask the question, does Journey Church have an interpreter for the hearing impaired? And then answer your own question. Say, yes, we do. Answer that however you want. Okay. So go ahead and seed this by asking some questions and then answering them uh, yourself. Okay. Like we said, completely fill it out. Use all those words. Use the additional categories. Use all the words, services, and products. you don't have any products, don't worry about that. Make sure that your main category is the big one. You could even add a welcome video in there. You could talk about why your church stands out versus the competition. Give a quick history what i want to highlight here is make the first sentence count because only about 16 to 20 words show up in the preview so make sure those count okay now when you go to business.google.com i just want to show you real quick if you log into your google business profile and click over here on info you can see add a photo so go in there and add some photos but you can also add videos i think a great idea for you as the pastor would be to record a two-minute welcome video or one-minute welcome video and upload there. Have the student pastor do that. Have the children's pastor do that. And so, because people are gonna look at those. The other thing right there to the left is create a post. What I would encourage you to do, these aren't as important as they used to be, but it still sends signals to Google, which is what we're trying to do. But not only can you add photos, you can also create posts. And these are kind of like social media posts. They feel like that. You can add a photo and then you can add a, a caption and talk about it. There's different types. There's uh, What's New, which is kind of a social media post. So if if your church just served out in the community and you've got a good picture of it, put that out there and, and describe the picture. Just whatever you do, you can't put a phone number in that. So don't put your phone number in there. You can add a button for your web address. Okay. there's also COVID updates. Google loves it when you update them about COVID. So if you've got any COVID news, make sure that you let Google know. Uh, You can also uh, create events inside of Google. So there's event type posts. So if you've got vacation Bible school, or you're doing a sports camp, or whatever it is, go in there and create an event. And again, we're just letting Google know what's going on. We're sending them signals. Let them know what's going on. Let them know that we love them. And they're going to reward you for that. Okay, you can also go look at your insights. If you're a nerd like me, and you like some of this data, you can go see how many people viewed your profile. And then how many people did something Google will tell you how many people went from your website, or from your Google profile to your website, this is not your total visitors to your website, it's just how many came from the Google profile. To your website. For churches, I think it's going to be important to see how many people requested directions. Not all of those are obviously new people. Some people just can't remember how to get there and they're looking for the fastest route to avoid some traffic, whatever. Google will see, tell you how many people visited the website, how many people requested directions and how many people called you. And that's some valuable information. And as you work on the profile and do those posts, and get some links and clean up your website. Make sure your website's super fast. Make sure that your website looks really good on a mobile device. Make sure it looks really good on a phone because that's where about 75, 80% of people are gonna be viewing your website. Make sure it looks good there. Google takes all that into consideration. And as you get those things cleaned up and get those things right, you're gonna begin to see visits to your website go up. You're gonna see web traffic go up. You're gonna see request directions go up, you're gonna get more phone calls. And that's the whole goal here in the end is that we play Google's game. We get everything nice and clean and just how Google likes it. so that they will tell more people about our church. So that those people, those 33,000 people in Georgia who are looking for a church every month, when they search church near me, the best of the best are going to show up and that you would be one of those. You can go in there, upload the photos, do it on a consistent basis. I would say at least post, you know, we say every 90 days, it, Honestly, if you got somebody who would do it once a week, go for that. I prefer to do it once a month, but at the least do it, you know, every quarter. Okay. Make sure you respond to reviews. Don't just be happy that you got a a Google review. Make sure that you go in there and thank them for the review. Answer the questions that get posted. And like we said a minute ago, make sure that those count. We've already touched on this, your name, address, and phone number. Make sure that those get dealt with. If you wanted to go list your website, get some good links, some good solid links Here's a few, obviously your Google profile. Uh, go to maps.apple.com. Make sure you're showing up on Maps because a lot of people with iPhones like me use the Apple Maps app because it, it buzzes my watch when, and I don't forget to make as many turns so you've got to go get verified on Apple Maps and it requires a phone verification. So there's some hoops you've got to jump through. You've got to have an Apple ID. You've probably already got Facebook. Make sure that everything's correct on Bing. It's called Bing Places. Go check Yelp. Go to Foursquare.com. They are an aggregator. If you've got a listing on there, they'll actually send it out to a lot of other places. So uh, that can get you some solid links. Go to Better Business Bureau. Go to local.yahoo.com. MapQuest. Yes, it's still a thing and it's still a valuable link to have. Yellowpages.com, yes, it's still a thing, still a valuable link to have. And the other one I would add to that is one I mentioned earlier, go back to your uh, Chamber of Commerce. If you haven't joined the Chamber of Commerce, it's a few hundred bucks a year in my county, and it's well worth it. Well worth the connections, opportunities to be out in the community. And that link, honestly, I would pay $300 a year just to have that link and never go uh, to a Chamber event. But I do. I love my Chamber. It's a great Chamber of Commerce. Ask every member for a Google review. Like I said, be creative with that. You probably don't want to work it into the announcements all the time. I understand that. But if it could just be somewhere, even a QR code, everybody's used to QR codes now with COVID, just, hey, leave us a review. And you'll have to explain why it's important so you don't feel like a restaurant or something. But people are used to leaving reviews. People know, know that reviews are important and people read reviews. So it's not much of a stretch for people to understand that a church needs reviews uh, too. There's some automated tools you can use. You can put it on the screen. You can do a printed card. You know, there, there's all kinds of ways to do that. Just, but just build it into the culture. And then finally, make sure that your website looks good on a phone. Figure out important keywords, and in most cases, that's going to be church near me. So we want to make sure that we've got that phrase somewhere on our website: church near you. We are a great church near you in Atlanta, Georgia. And make sure that you've got specific pages for. Uh, your children's ministry. Make sure that you've got a specific page that's all about student ministry. If you've got a fun calendar set up for the kids this summer, build a page on your website that's all about fun, free things for kids in Tampa, Florida this summer. And Google's going to pick up on that. So you want to build out pages that speak to things that people are going to be searching. All right. And, and look, you know, like I said, this is not a sales pitch, but if you do need some help, you've got questions you're looking for some help with this, my information's there. You can go to faithworks.link slash discovery. We schedule a 20 minute one-on-one and I'm not going to pressure you or anything like that. I'll just answer your questions. You'll walk away with some good free advice. I love talking about this stuff. I love helping. Hey, if one day we can help you and you've got some budget for it, then cool, we'll work together. But uh, that is not a stipulation. We just want to help churches, want to advance the kingdom. And uh, we feel like we're pretty good at online stuff. So we want to help you as much as possible. That is everything that I wanted to share with you today. I appreciate you being here. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for your encouragement. And if I can ever help you in any way, you've got my email, you know where to find me. Just reach out and we will help you in any way that we can. So thanks again for being here and God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for personalized suggestions to help grow your organization by reaching more people online, please email Jono at faithworksmarketing.com.